0: Hello, my name is Meg. Welcome to the Unedited Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. The goal of this podcast is to help you develop and enjoy the habit of daily Bible reading and prayer. About 20 years ago, at a very low spot in my life, I was convicted to begin this simple discipline, and I looked up years down the road to see how God had used this habit to do incredible things in my heart, my mind, and my soul. He had helped me process through an incredible mountain of pain. had helped me forgive and really to recover from some very deep wounds. And so it is just my greatest passion to help others connect with Jesus through his word and through his presence. Through this podcast, I'm hoping to help you learn to slow down with your Bible, to learn to see it with fresh eyes, to learn Jesus, and ultimately to fall in love with your Bible. So thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so glad to have you here. Last week we talked about prayer basics, just some very, very foundational basics of prayer. And today I'm kinda gonna spin off on that and I'm gonna talk about vulnerability in prayer. I truly believe this is one of the most important things that we can learn in establishing a prayer life and in establishing a relationship with God. And at the end of the day, just a simple reminder, Bible reading and prayer are not checklist items they are the vehicles god has designed for us to get to know him for us to build a relationship with him and to get to know his heart and allow him to get to know ours and this is where vulnerability comes in as humans we really have such a tendency to portray our best self we want to come across as strong we want to come across as capable we want to come across as put together We want everybody to think we're beautiful and we have got it going on. And social media proves this. Um, We post the perfectly staged photos. We post perfectly whitened teeth. Never do you see us posting the piles of laundry in our basement or our bedhead mugshot. We just don't do that. We post the best. We post the highlights real, And we give out these little curated bits of our persona but we hide the rest behind closed doors and we don't want others really to see that we are not all that put together we don't really have it going on we have a lot of questions we have a lot of fears we have some things we're wrestling with maybe there's skeletons in our closet we don't put that out there for the masses and i'm not saying that we should but i'm just saying it is our human tendency to want to come across as having it together and so often this sense of perfectionism, our desire for perfectionism can come into our relationship with God. And so often we think that he wants us to have it all together. If we're Christians, we should be strong. If we're Christians, we should have it all figured out. But the longer I walk with God, the more I realize that the Christian life is not about having it all together it's about realizing that you don't and you need him and you're dependent on him and like he said in John apart from me you can do nothing coming to that realization that Lord apart from you first of all I can't breathe but even on a another level I can't function I can't make it through this Christian life I can't make it through my day without your strength without your leadership without your guidance I don't have to be perfect. I'm not your child because I'm perfect. I'm learning to grow in perfection. I'm learning to grow in holiness and my love for you and my responsiveness to your word and my obedience to your word. But I don't always have it all together. And I'm willing to show you that. I'm willing to be real and open and honest before you. And it is in vulnerability that relationship with him is formed Intimacy comes from sharing yourself wholly with him. That is how you develop an ever-deepening relationship with Jesus. Not in putting on a show for him, not in religion or routine and performance, but just in real, raw honesty. And that is the first thing when it comes to vulnerability I want to share, that God wants honesty. In Psalm 51, David wrote that. You desire truth in the inward parts. He wants us to tell him about everything. Sometimes this is going to come with tears and with vast amounts of emotion. And sometimes it is just going to be a decision to very methodically tell him the deep, dark things that we probably don't tell anybody. To process verbally through the burdens and the cares and the worries that are weighing us down. So again, vulnerability and honesty are often going to come with emotion, but they're not always going to come with emotion. But number one, God wants honesty. Number two, God wants to know who you really are. He's not interested in you presenting the Instagram version of you to him. He's not interested in my Instagram version. He's interested in Megan and who Megan is at the core of her soul and the real life circumstances that I'm dealing with and the real life fears, the things that are sometimes keeping me awake at night. He wants to know me as I really am. He wants to have me bear my soul before him. He wants you to bear your soul before him, unfiltered, unrehearsed, raw, brutal honesty. And again, I know I already said it a minute ago, but he's not looking for routine. He's not looking for ritual. He's just looking to have a relationship with you. Number three, pray the ugliest prayers you can think of. God has literally shocked me over the years, and I'm going to try not to cry when I say this, but I have realized more and more that the things that I think would make him run the other direction have literally been the things that have drawn him to me. Weakness, brokenness, honesty, undoneness, not having it all together— if you look a "hot mess in the dictionary, you're going to see my picture because that is certainly the case. I can just be so all over the map and such a bag of fractures and flaws. But when I'm just me before him and when I talk to him about those fractures and flaws, I find that those are the times where he just invades my space and he gets so close and he reminds me that he loves me so 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 much not that he's going to leave me broken he's not going to leave me in my brokenness but that he is going to walk with me through it to healing to wholeness and so that again just those things those ugly things praying the ugliest things we could think of do not make him run away they draw him to us when I talk to him about maybe the barrage of lies that I'm facing or how I feel, again, it's just then that. He is so incredibly close and he wants to be invited into all those places of my life. I've learned a couple things about vulnerability with Jesus. I have learned that when I am vulnerable with him, it diminishes my need to gossip. It diminishes my need to backbite. It diminishes my need to complain God invites us to complain to him. That is an incredible invitation. He invites us, Psalm 55, 22, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He invites us to cast our weights, our burdens, our needs, our cares, our insecurities, our vulnerabilities onto him. And when I can process through things with Jesus, just again, raw gut level honesty with him at his feet, I don't need to carry that into the rest of my day. I can give it to him, and I don't have to talk to my husband about it. I don't have to talk to my friends about it. I can talk about beautiful things. I can talk about other things. Again, we need people. I am not negating our need for people, but it will truly help us with our need to process with other people if we learn to process with Jesus. I've also learned that vulnerability, again, I kind of said this at the beginning, but it does not come naturally to us. We have to learn how to be vulnerable with God. How do you learn how to be vulnerable with God? I would say one of the greatest ways to learn how to be vulnerable with God is to read the Psalms. The Psalms are largely the writings of David. There are other psalmists as well, the sons of Korah, Moses, and others but largely they're written by David. David is the only person in Scripture that is a man after God's own heart. And I have just made it a quest in my own life personally to sort of take note of what made David tick. If he's called a man after God's own heart, I want to know why. And I know there's a lot of people that have preached a lot of different things, and I believe there are... A lot of reasons David was a man after God's own heart. But one of the reasons David was a man after God's own heart is because he was so vulnerable with God. He was so raw with God. And if you want to learn how to be vulnerable with Jesus, get into the Psalms. I'm right now doing somewhere in the Psalms. And this morning I read Psalm 31. And wow. Read Psalm 31 every day for a week. David is so so vulnerable with God it is such a profound psalm read psalm 51 read psalm 57 read psalm 142 over and over in the psalms we see that he is just not afraid to tell God how he feels the things he says to the Lord literally sometimes shock me but he had a relationship with God that could sustain it and he would tell God how he felt but then he would turn around And he would almost every single time follow it up with truth and with worship. Like, this is how I'm feeling, but this is the reality of of your goodness. This is the reality of your mercy. This is the reality of your grace, and I'm going to praise you for it. So we need to acknowledge feelings, but we cannot be dominated by our feelings. And when we acknowledge feelings in prayer, we have a tool to help us overcome those feelings and to manage those feelings because truth trumps feelings. Truth is always greater than feelings, and truth is more real than feelings, and we have to learn to submit our feelings to the Word of God, and that's part of what vulnerability allows us to do, and you see that with David. You see that this is just one aspect of what made him a man after God's own heart. In the Psalms, we see that David had a lot of enemies. David wrestled a lot of emotions. Um, I sometimes jokingly say that David was a sanguine. He was a very emotional person. David had a lot of failures. He was not a perfect person, if you know anything about the stories of his life. But David was vulnerable before God. He was humble. He was repentant. He had a prayer life. He loved the word of God. He loved the house of God. He was flawed and imperfectly, but ultimately he was a man after God's own heart. And so again, you're just going to see this portrait Of vulnerability as you read through the writings of David. So I would say in learning how to be vulnerable with God, that would be the first thing I would recommend. Number two, just practice being vulnerable with God. Tell him the things that pick your deepest shame. Tell him your greatest worries. Tell him your most daunting fears, those fears that cripple you, those fears that lock you up. Those fears that keep you laying awake at night, paralyzed by the thought of them, tell him about those. Just practice. Just practice. And over time, you just learn to bear your soul. You learn to flip your heart inside out before God. And then I believe I talked about this in another episode and using pain as an on ramp, but learn to turn heavy feelings into prayers and into vulnerable prayers. And this is so, so huge. Every time you start to feel offended, every time you start to feel down, every time you start to feel discouraged, depressed, turn that into a prayer. Take it to the Lord right there in that moment. Do this in your, in your morning or your daily devotional time where you have your time in your place, but also do this throughout your day. He invites you to do that. And those feelings are on-ramps to connection with Him. Those feelings are an on-ramp to vulnerable prayer and to relationship. And so often it is in just talking to those things about God that I find release from those things. I can talk to God feeling very discouraged or very down, but give me five or 10 minutes at the feet of Jesus and I'm feeling much better. He is such an encourager and he's so good about reminding me that those feelings are not truth. And so again, just get in the Psalms, Practice being vulnerable and learn to turn all those heavy feelings into prayer. Last night, I was driving home from work. I really wasn't even so much thinking about this episode, but I just felt like God asked me a question and I felt like he said, have you ever walked away from a conversation with me feeling bad about what you said? And that question has stunned me. And I can honestly say I have never one time walked away from a conversation with Jesus feeling bad about what I said having to second guess if I told him too much, having to worry about what he'd think of me. I've never had to psychoanalyze his response or wonder if he's going to think this or think that. I have processed through mountains of stuff, pain, struggles, challenges, so many things at the feet of Jesus. And never one time have I left his presence feeling shame or Again, wondering if I've said too much or feeling bad about something I said to him. He has lifted my burdens. He has alleviated my fears. He has comforted my soul over and over again. And you will find that being vulnerable with Jesus will never leave you walking away feeling worse than you went in. And so, again, those are just a few thoughts about vulnerability. Vulnerability relieves pressure it eliminates our need to gossip and again it is really in vulnerability that relationship and intimacy is strengthened and fostered and so in vulnerability Jesus becomes your best friend the bible says that he is the friend that sticks closer than a brother but when i flip my heart inside out and i let him see it and i realize that he doesn't walk away That's where I get to know him as that friend that sticks closer than a brother. I know that he sticks around through my questions, through my doubts, through my fears, through my burdens, he sticks around and it is in vulnerability and in sharing with him that I see this. I do want to recommend one thing before I read today's entry. Years and years and years ago, my pastor taught a series called Ugly Prayers. It was revolutionary for so many people in their understanding of prayer. And just in the type of prayers God is looking for. Honestly, the uglier the prayer probably the better the prayer. And I'm going to link to that in the show notes because you'll learn so much from that if you take the time to listen to that. And so again, just remember to pray ugly prayers. Before I read this entry, I just want to mention one thing. There is a difference between a prayer life and, and praying without ceasing. We have a prayer life when we pick our time and we pick our place and we show up there every day and we get our heart open before God and we get in his word and we let him talk back to us through the truth of his word. That's a prayer life. It's very consistent. It's Daniel uh, praying morning, evening, and at noon, getting on his knees in front of his window. It is very consistent, very regimented, as much as we can. Obviously, I know we're human, and we're going to fall off the bandwagon certain days. Then there's praying without ceasing, which is going throughout your day, getting up from that spot, and not just leaving Jesus there by the couch or on the bed or at your chair, wherever you pray. It's letting him ride to work with you. Talking to him when something your coworker says bothers you. It's breathing little prayers at your desk or your cash register or wherever your job finds you. It's in asking him for strength when you're folding the 22nd load of laundry and you have had to discipline your kids two or three times and it's only 9.30 a.m. It's God going with you throughout the day. And it's just him coming into all those little moments when you're at stoplights when you're at your sink, washing dishes. So there's a difference, prayer life versus praying without ceasing. Today, I am going to share a little entry called Starbucks napkins and Chipotle napkins. This is probably a little bit more geared toward praying without ceasing and God invading those little moments of our days, but it kind of ties in with the concept of vulnerability. And so without further ado, here's Starbucks and Chipotle napkins. Sitting here, I am thinking of napkins, Starbucks and Chipotle napkins specifically. So many times my car has become a sanctuary. So many times, a drive becomes a prayer meeting. So many times, Jesus has met me in those quiet confines and heard my cries. So many times, my car on the roadside has become a secret place, a meeting place, and most often, I am unprepared except for a few napkins in the glove box. It has most often been Starbucks napkins and Chipotle napkins that have dried my tears and have in turn earned a special place in my heart. Tears are tangible, liquid evidence of pain or joy. They convey the sorrow and joy we carry from the inner places of our soul to the outside. They are couriers, conveyors, carriers. When tears are cried in prayer, they deliver the deepest places of our souls directly to the one who created us and cares like no one else. Tears are evidence at time of a deep breaking going on far below the surface, just, as there was a breaking of the earth when the fountains of the deep were opened up in Noah's day and water was released, so it is that brokenness in our hearts often produces tears. Tears are precious to God. He bottles them, collects them. Maybe they will be in heaven as reminders that we once knew sadness and grief, sorrow and suffering. Maybe they will be trophies from the things we endured to make it there. Who knows, but we do know that God treasures them. No tear falls in vain. He catches and saves each one. He bottles the proof of my broken heart. For now, I will keep crying. I will continue to allow him to invade my car and let his presence wash over me in waves. I will allow him to show up on drives here and catch me off guard on drives there. I will reach out to him in that quiet, secluded place that has often been a refuge, and I will most certainly have to reach for the glove box because I will need Starbucks napkins and Chipotle napkins. Have thy known way, Lord, have thy known way. Jesus wants the real you. He wants you with all your baggage, with your wounds, with your scars, with your hang-ups, with your hurts. He wants to invade all the little minutes of your day. He wants to meet you in the morning, and then he wants to keep meeting you throughout the day. And I can assure you that if you will go before him in vulnerability, if you will bring to him, like I said, your scars, your wounds, your baggage, he will not leave you that way. He will heal you because it is still a promise of his word that he heals the broken in heart and he binds up their wounds. Jesus loves you, and Jesus loves your vulnerability, and it is in vulnerability that you are going to get to know him, and he is going to get to know you. Thank you so much for joining me for this journey. I look forward to meeting up with you again next Friday. If you have questions or if you'd like to download a typed or handwritten manuscript of today's entry, you can visit meganedited.com for now. Go grab your Bible, your journal, find your time and your place. I so look forward to the power of this habit in your life. This is unedited. This is for you. Happy Friday.